and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Um, so we're, yeah, we're continuing in our series this morning. Uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit, then and now. And it's got the arrows kind of going like this because one of the, the, the logic of this for me has been that from Acts chapter one, verse one, where it says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about what Jesus began to do and to teach. And the implication there is that in Acts, he's like still doing stuff. What he began to do, the, the church, if you can show the overlap, we want to live in the overlap between what Jesus began, the early church continued to do, and what we continue to do today. We're a part of the story. The church in history is a part of that story. The church of the future will be a part of that story, and we want to encourage one another and bless one another and trust in God's power in life and live in that overlap, the acts of the Holy Spirit then and now, which is the acts of Jesus then and now, which is the acts of the Father, which is the acts of the Trinity then and now, right? So the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, and that's what we're looking at today, and the Holy Spirit empowers the believers to be the church and the living presence of God just in our midst. And what is needed for us, we talked about this last week, and I think we'll probably be talking about it a bunch, but what we need is an ongoing conversion of our minds, of our hearts, of our souls. Like, it's not a one, one and done kind of deal. It's an ongoing conversion. And part of the, uh, the, the, the reason this is so important and we have to think about it is because William James famously started the American uh, understanding of psychology. He was a, a polymath, just this brilliant dude, did all this work at Harvard. He was, did his M, MD, at, his, his medical uh, degree at, at Harvard, but he also, he taught at Harvard. He taught psychology. He founded that, basically, the American idea of psychology, and philosophy at Harvard. So really influential guy there, William James, but he famously defined conversion as individual and internal. And that is just like the water that we swim in, right? You know, individual, internal. Did you make that decision? It's inside, it's private, it's about you. And Joel Green comes along, he's a professor from Fuller, and I'm reading a book right now called Conversion in Luke Acts. And he says, we can't think narrowly about conversion because there's a transformation that has to happen, and we can't do that alone. It's gotta be embodied, and it's gotta be with others, is how that transformation uh, actually happens. It's, it's embodied, it's holistic, it's in relationship with others, it involves repentance, it involves restoration, it involves life change, and conversion then, according to Green, is a, it's a, it's a journey. Let's think about this as a journey. It's a journey with practices and habits that are walked out together with other people, with traveling companions, and, um, you know, I just, after I read that quote, I was thinking, like, can you imagine Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes, Peter preaches, and 3,000 people were baptized on that day, and then they all went off to their private homes and lived out a private personal experience of an internal thing that had happened in their life of them going to heaven one day when they die. Like, that's not the way Acts reads, right? 
So you see, you see the point that I'm trying to make here. The Holy Spirit comes and they begin to do what Jesus was doing. They begin to teach what Jesus was teaching. And it's not private, it's together. It's a life lived together. And the Spirit is just waiting to come alive in us and for people to see us actually being the church. And that's always been our dream. We just wanna see church like we read about, like we're reading about today. Like, like literally, this has always been our dream. So the main thing is here. The Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost is God's empowering presence for us to know God and live the life that he's calling us to live. And I'll just throw in together, together. It's a together life that we're living. So I wanna encourage you, read and reread Acts. Just, we're doing 30 for 30 right now. Read and reread it. Get it in your, you'll, the more you read it, the more you're gonna see the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to see things there that we've not seen before. And to not just, uh, yeah, we've got a Bible, but we actually wanna read it. It's been powerful for me just reading it out loud over and over again, what I'm gonna read out loud today. Like just reading the Bible is really powerful. Um, and, and think about, I do need to do one disclaimer. So like there's so much in the book of Acts and this, I'm, I'm trying to make a meal, and let's say there's a thousand ingredients. You can't, you don't stick all ingredients in. So are you, am I gonna potentially not say something that you would like me to say? Yes. Because you just can't say everything in, uh, I'm trying to figure out, in a certain amount of time. <laughs> so, so Mike is my accountability right there. So here we go. Um, the first one is the Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence to be God's new temple. So let's stand up and let's read the first, this, for this first reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. We'll read that first section together. God's new temple, that's what you're looking for. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven came and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in the other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken, utterly amazed. They asked each other, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it then that we hear, each of us hears in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. All right, this is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Have a seat. So on this first one, uh, and I do want to just say we've got supporting resources all over the place on this. Just Jim... Uh, Reynolds uh, is doing a podcast as well. He's several weeks ahead of us, but you can go to, um, what's his podcast? Um, the Politics of Jesus. 
And uh, so we work on these sermons together and his messages. And uh, also you can, Bible Project has some great stuff on Acts. I've listened to a few of them. And if you like uh, Tim and, what's this, John? Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so lots of resources there. So why, the, why is this the new temple? Jesus said he was gonna, he was gonna rebuild the temple in three days related to his own resurrection. So then there's a transfer that happens. When he exalts, when he's exalted to the right hand of the Father, he then pours out the Spirit. And that fire comes. Think about Old Testament references to fire. You know, over on Mount Sinai and on, over the tabernacle, you know, that fire, the presence of God. And so now that fire is coming into the new temple, which is not just a place, but it's a place that always represented where heaven touched earth. And now that's in his people. In his people together, the fire comes and the people are the new temple. We are, as individuals, the temple. By the time Acts was written, Paul had already written 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. You are the temple, the temple of the living God. So, I mean, it's like that understanding is very important for us that the spirit is poured out means that God's presence is in us. He lives in us. His presence is here with us now, individually and corporately. And in the rest of Acts, one of the things we're gonna see is that the conflict places that have, where there's conflict, it's about the temple. So often, it's directly about the temple. You know, like you think about Stephen. They're doing fine here in the story until they get to the part about the temple, right, right at the end, and then they lose their minds in Acts chapter seven and other places. There's other temple conflicts, even in, uh, among the Gentiles. So, uh, and one other just observation, that there's all these nations that are listed, but it's, it's multicultural at this point, but it's not multi-ethnic. It's mono-ethnic. And you'll hear through this reading, fellow Jews, fellow Israelites, it's still just the Jews. It hasn't crossed that boundary that it's going to into, into Samaria in Acts 8, the Gentiles in Acts 10, a, a really multi-ethnic, multi-cultural church in, in Antioch in Acts 11, sending out the disciples, or uh, apostolic teams in Acts 13, 14, 15, working on unity and what it's like to actually be a, a diverse people together sharing life uh, in Christ together. So that's the first thing. The Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence to be God's new temple, but then also to preach God's message. And, and I, as we read this, I, I want to just be thinking, it's not just preachers, it's not just Peter, everybody's empowered to preach God's message in whatever sphere you find yourself in. So it's really important. So then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this was spoken. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Isn't that good news? 
Uh, we're not in the less, we're not less in the last days, by the way. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, and because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices, and my body will also rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, but you will, you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarchs have died. The patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God raised this, uh, God raised this Jesus, this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David, for David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to the, the, uh, they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's just good to read it. Just amen. To preach God's message. What are the key pieces there? Well, this is, there's a story going on. Scripture's being fulfilled. God sent his son to save us, to redeem us. God sent his son. He became flesh. Uh, what else is going on in the story? Well, uh, he, he did miracles and signs and wonders, and then we killed him. People killed him. You killed the author of life. We're going to read later killed him, but God raised him from the dead on the third day by the power of God, and therefore, because of that resurrection, he is declared with power to be the true king and lord of the world. Put your faith in him. He's exalted to the right hand of the Father, and he's poured out the Spirit so that we can all experience life and love and inclusion in the Trinity, in the fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
So he says, save yourselves. And Lord, help us. This message is just like, it's out of death and into life. Out of bondage into freedom. Out of guilt and shame into forgiveness. Out of anxiety into peace. Out of my brokenness and into healing. It just, it's just good, like it's the salvation of God that he's given us. And we are just blown away. Praise be to your name, Lord. 3,000 people responding in that moment. And the message, like, I just want to say, whenever the message is preached like that, it's like it should stir something in our hearts to respond. It's a response thing. Like we preach the message and say, Jesus is the Lord, and it, it, it means something for us. This is the kingdom of God. This is the reign of King Jesus who's on the throne, all authority forever and ever. He reigns. And there's coming a time when all his enemies will be under his feet and then he will hand the kingdom over to the Father. But he's reigning right now. It's just, wow. So the next one there, the Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence to be the new temple, to preach God's message. Let me just say to you about Peter, I just think about the courage that it took to like 40 days before, uh, 50 days before, Pentecost, 50 days before, he's denying the Lord. And now he's standing up in the power of the Spirit. This is a dangerous place to preach this message, right? And so there's going to be grace for us in Fort Worth, Texas, to have different times and places and ways and opportunities for us to be like Peter and to preach God's message. The Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence then also to preach God's message, but to be the new community. I love this. They didn't go off to their homes and have a private experience. Instead, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Think about that. Lord, release it in our midst. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, how did they know what to do? You know, how did they know what to do? Well, yeah, the Spirit's leading them, but they're doing what they were doing with Jesus. They were with him. They were fellowshipping with him. They were eating meals together. I mean, just even in Acts 1 last week, I was like, Matthias was with them the whole time. Isn't that interesting? And the other guy, with them the whole time since Jesus started preaching. And was, they were witnesses of the resurrection as well. Just, it's powerful. So they were doing the things they were doing with Jesus, devotion, prayer. Jesus was doing the prayer thing, just leading them and teaching them in how to pray. They were, the, 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 the apostles were bearing witness to his resurrection. We've seen him. And they were then unpacking the old, they didn't have a New Testament, but they were unpacking the Old Testament and the revelation of Jesus Christ that was in the Old Covenant, the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures. And so they're unpacking that. Every prophet, every prophet bore witness to Jesus Christ. It's all there. And we're going to read that here in a second. But uh, just, just powerful. And we, 
we do this together. I, I, may the Lord always give us fresh stories of what's going on right now, of healings that, like, healings that happened this past week, you know, stories that happened this past week, generosity. What happens is the Holy Spirit brings people together, and he creates a, a culture of generosity. That, that, that's just built in to who we are as the church. It, it's hard to see our brothers and sisters, our family in need, and not want to do something to help each other out. I, you know, down through the years, I don't know how many cars have been given away, but a bunch. Like a lot of cars have been given to other people. Now, that's not why we come to church. <laughs> but sometimes we get in need. And the Lord releases, puts it on people's hearts to, to give things away, to be generous, to meet needs, to pay bills. We've done all kinds of stuff down through the years. When we first started um, I was uh, still playing a lot of basketball at the time and was, uh, had, uh, I was guarding a guy that, that uh, had done a layup and I, I went up, you know, kind of uh, right. when I could jump. I'm going to make this story better here. But uh, anyway, so I, I went up for a rebound or something and that guy who was like a college guard Landed and then jumped back up for the ball as well. I'm coming down and his head hits my face. It's called a tri tripod fracture when you break your cheek and it like one side sticks out and the other one's like, you know. And anyway, we weren't, I didn't have salary or didn't have much at that time. The church was just getting going and the bill was $10,000 and we had no insurance. And the church, this little, little church came around us and somehow raised that money and paid. The, what I'm trying to say is generosity and yeah. giving is in the DNA of the yes. church. Right. And it's in the DNA of the church here. And that's, that's who we want to be, to be God's new community. There's, that's not all of it. There's so much more, but just awe at what he's doing. Praise be to your name. So the Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence to be the new community, but also to express God's healing. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Here we go, just in the rhythms. At 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. So, yeah, praise, praise the Lord. So they're going to the place of prayer, and then an opportunity comes up to do what Jesus had modeled for them. Just what Jesus began to do, now he's doing through them. They're, they're living in the overlap, right? And that's what we want to do. We want to live in that overlap together 
And, you know, when there's opportunities to, uh, to pray for people, to expect healing, to, to, to say, Lord, it's the kingdom now. I want to, and, and, and I, just let me say this, you know, not everybody gets healed. We live in the in-between time between this age and the coming age that is broken back into this age in the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We live in this in-between time where, where we do see the kingdom come. And so there's always a green light to pray. There's just always a green light to, to pray for people and to bless people and to say, Lord, let your kingdom come here. Because what's heaven like? There, there's no sickness there. And so we want the will of heaven to be released on the earth. Pray the kingdom come, you know, on, on earth as it is in heaven. And I see probably the most healings when we're on the edge of something new. It could be the church around the world on the edge of something new, or even us. We, you know, when we moved down here, we, we had a, some dramatic miracles. You know, and I'm not gonna go into all of them right now, but just to go, when you get on the edge in faith, and I, I would say we're in an, on the edge right now. It's a time where we're, we're moving forward, and when ground is being taken, that's when we should expect to see uh, even, even more healings that lead to uh, the glory of God, the glory being given to Jesus, which is the next thing uh, that, that happens there. But I, I'm reading a book right now by Craig Keener called Miracles Today. I think we've got a slide there. You can jot that down or it's in the notes. But the Supernatural Work of God in the Modern World. Keener is a professor at, he's a brilliant Acts scholar. Um, he's at Asbury. It was interesting seeing him last year when the revival was going on there at Asbury. He's just serving. He's an usher, like this world-famous Acts scholar, writer. And so his, uh, you know, this book is like medically documented. He's got a thousand-page version of it, but this is just a 275-page version of it. But if you, like, want documented you know, miracles with video links and all that kind of stuff, and that's, that's your thing, then, then look up Keener. It's good stuff. Um, he was an atheist, by the way, and then became a follower of Jesus. You know, in all of that, I just want to emphasize, in all of these things, it's not private. It's, it's out loud. It's in front of people. It's in these different spheres of influence and work like we've got. We've all got lives that we live the final thing there is the Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence for healing, to express healing, but also to tell God's story and glorify Jesus. And it's just, it's important that all of us have a, a way that we can tell the story of God, what he means to us, what he's done in us, but also what he's done in history to redeem us, that we're a part of this story. It's been going on for a long time. That arc that we're always doing as I read this, you, you, can, you can hear the arc. You can hear the storyline. And we, we need to be able to say that. So here we go, this last reading. While a man held on to Peter, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were ast astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, you handed him, <clears throat> has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy 
and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God, but God, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that is completely healed him as you all can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And he may send his Messiah, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets for Moses said the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people you must listen to everything he tells you anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people indeed beginning with Samuel all the prophets have spoken who have spoken have foretold these days and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. I feel like I just need to keep saying, this is the word of God. <laughs> Thanks be to God. It's just so, it's so powerful. And um, again, just remember the, the story from creation to new creation. All that's going on, the fall and, and God's promise to Abraham and the prophets and David, and you're gonna have a son who's gonna sit on the throne forever and ever. He's gonna reign forever and ever. It's just powerful. Then Jesus comes in the flesh and dies on, on a cross for our sakes, takes us with him, our old Adam with him to the cross, but he's raised on the third day by the power of God, and we're raised because he's raised, we're raised. Because he's ascended, we've been ascended with him. We're with him in the spirit and the spirit's poured out so that we can get this. We can tell the story in our different places of influence and we can glorify Jesus with our lives. That's what we want to do. Lord, get the glory. Change me. Change, change me. Change the way I look. Make me more like you in every facet and way by God's grace. So it's not private. It's together. I need you guys. We need each other. We're car we carry each other. We really do. So what does this mean for us today? Remember the overlap, first of all. Remember the overlap. That overlap, uh, the, the, those three, can we show that thing? Yeah. What Jesus began, the church continued, the church today continues. And we, it, the more we can live in that place, the more of all of the stuff that we wanna see, life, change, transformation, things made right, Wrong things, out. God's life, heaven, breaking in in the name of Jesus. So remember the overlap. Let's live there. It's the, he is the same Holy Spirit. Let's say that. You know, just, um, he is the third person of the Trinity. And maybe, I think that helps for us to be more fully Trinitarian, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there is, it just seems like, uh, all the stuff that we want, dreams, visions, prophetic words, the gifts of the Spirit flowing, the, the fruit of the Spirit uh, being born in our lives, we want all of that. 
And that's in the power of the Spirit. So Father, Son, Lord Jesus receives the Spirit and pours out the Spirit so that we can experience um, the fullness of God's life. You know, I've noticed just even recently that there's a hesitancy, and I think some of it's about worldview, some of it may be about our city. There's a hesitancy to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was talking about this recently with some, uh, some folks, and they said, well, it's, I, I'm, I'm afraid of chaos. And, you know, I just wanna, I wanna encourage us, that, again, this is God's plan. He is the third person of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is how it, this gets worked out in our lives and how our thinking gets renewed and how we keep turning back to God when we blow it and fall down. We fall down, we get up. We fall down, we get up. We fall down, we get up. We don't stay down, we get up in the power of the Spirit. You know, and, and, and he brings us into the right paths and the right ways and the paths of life. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. Thank you, Lord. Um, yeah, and we need to listen. And, uh, you know, I've said this in different ways, but without the Holy Spirit, how do we hear God? How do we, how do we walk this out? How do we know which Bible verses to look at or to apply on a given day? Um, we need the Holy Spirit. So huge. And so then the next thing is we want to live this, what it means, live this life. We want to live it together. And then finally, um, we need an ongoing conversion of our lives, of our thinking, of our hearts, of our souls. God's empowering presence means everything that we just talked about with the early church, it means for us too, that, that we're God's new temple, that, that we get to preach the message and maybe you don't say preach. Maybe say, say it. <laughs> we get to say God's message. That helps. You know, just you don't have to be behind a, one of these doing that. And I need to get really close to the end here. So, um, yeah, we're the temple. We preach the message. We're the new community. And everybody, the pressure's off. We're always in process. We're always in process. There's grace. And we can express God's healing to hurting people around us. Not just physical healings, but emotional healing in our minds. All the different ways where we're broken, we get to express God's healing. And we get to tell the story and glorify Jesus. And he's coming again to restore all things, to make things right. And so at the risk of overusing this, that's why we are a signpost people. We're pointing to the way things are going to be, to the restoration of things, the justice of things, to the rightness of how life really should be. And so that brings hope. There's hope, 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 hope. It's a message of hope. It's a message of life. It's a message of salvation and grace and life. We get to be this with these people that have gone before us because we share the same spirit. We share the same life. And so our calling is to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. That's us by grace. Y'all stand up. Amen. Okay, so we've, we've got plenty of time. We're doing great. It's awesome. Get the ministry team up. 
You guys, come on up to the front. And, and what, a, what a day to respond to this message. I mean, if you're not walking with the Lord and you want to be, today's the day to do that. Today is the day of salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a promise. What a promise. And if you need to turn from something you've been living in and it's, it's hurting you, turn today. Let there be repentance in your life and restoration in your life. If you need to be baptized and you haven't been baptized, tell somebody. We've got a baptism day coming up in just a couple of weeks. And man, it would be fun to just, just we'll be celebrating, cheering. If that's you, then let somebody know today. Just let, go ahead and let somebody know. And we'd be remiss if we didn't pray for healing today. You know, if you need healing for something, come and get prayer. It's a, it's, it's a healing day. And then also, if you have a hesitancy about the third person of the, of the Trinity, of the Holy Spirit, need a breakthrough, just like, help, Lord, help me to think rightly about you and your spirit so that I can experience you and know your love and life in fullness. And then finally, just, you guys, conversion for us in America, because they're just deep, it's, it's in the water that we're swimming in, but it's almost just, it's, it's not supposed to be just individual and internal. It's supposed to be a community thing together. And if you need prayer for breakthrough on just thinking rightly about that, then come and get prayer. Father, pour out hope right now in this moment for everybody that needs it. Pour out grace. And Lord, I just let today be the day of salvation for anyone. Lord, just Not just maybe for the first time, but really returning to you and really wanting to be a disciple. Lord, pour out that grace this morning in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Father, don't let the past hold us back. Help us to move forward in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, get prayer. Let's pray for each other if the front fills up. Let's press in, though. Lord, release this vision of new temple, new community, knowing the message. Lord, healing happening in the name of Jesus. Release it today, Lord. The ongoing conversion of our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need each other. Thank you, God.